0: Welcome back to the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Spelter, joined as always by my partner in crime, uh, my partner in crime for a long time now, John Paulson. John, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Anthony. Um, very happy with my decision not to watch last night's uh, game. Uh, second straight week I've done that. It just opens up my Thursday night, and I can just I can watch the field goals, uh, you know, happen online, and not have to worry too much about watching the game.
0: Yeah, Amazon Prime has got to be ecstatic that they bought this Thursday night football package because seemingly every game has, has not been good. I mean, even you had a good matchup, Bills and Rams in week one, and that game that game wasn't good. Buffalo handled the Rams. So, yeah, not great, not great for Thursday night, but we do have some Thursday night takeaways. There were a couple of things that John wanted to hit on. We'll, of course, get into the, this week's biggest fantasy storylines, Jonathan Taylor news, James Conner news, and, of course, our sleeper sneaky start of the week where John highlights one player that uh, he he thinks could be a a sneaky start. And we'll get into some of the other sneaky starts for for John and, of course, kind of wrap things all up with the breakout receiver model that uh, has has fared very well here in the last two weeks. We had to wait until the data was collected in the first four weeks or so, but the last two weeks we've used that breakout receiver model. All this content can be found, of course, at 444.com. You can give us a follow on Twitter at 444 underscore John and at Anthony Stalter, but you want to make sure that if you don't have a subscription, you're you're missing out on a lot of key content, including John's rankings every single week. So, John, I know you didn't watch the Thursday night game, but when it comes to Brian Robinson, this is two weeks now where – you know, he he came back after getting shot, multiple gun, gunshot wounds in the offseason, so he missed several weeks. He came back last week. I think he had like 22 yards, and last night he wound up finding the end zone. He appears to be the RB1 in Washington now.
1: Yeah, it came out uh, yesterday that they were uh, expecting him to start uh, last night's game, and uh, he handled 17 of the team's 27 backfield touches, so a pretty healthy portion. Um and he led the, the backfield in snaps with 47%. Uh, the, the one knock on his game at this point is that he only ran six routes, which is the third most amongst him, uh, McKissick and Antonio Gibson. And I think, uh, I think we knew that McKissick was going to run more routes than him. Uh, I think the question is if he can get uh, the, you know, the three catches for 18 yards that Antonio Gibson had, uh, that would really add a lot of floor to his game, and that's 4.8. Uh, PPR fantasy points right there that would help him a lot. Right now, it looks like uh, he is a touchdown dependent. uh, You know, RB two, RB three. You might get if he doesn't score that touchdown, you're going to be pretty disappointed in that. Just sixty yards, Uh, but uh, he's sort of sort of an Ezekiel Elliott right now. Uh, Not catching a lot. Not going to catch a lot of passes. Uh, Needs to get the end zone to really pay off for your fantasy squad.
0: Yeah, that that is. It's a tough spot because they got. McKissick to kind of handle some of the passing game stuff. Antonio Gibson is still involved to some degree. And, of course, the commanders aren't going to be in a spot where they're facing one of the worst run defense defenses in the league like they did last night in Chicago. So kind of a perfect storm to start Brian Robinson last night, but uh, good advice there moving forward on him. The other guy that I know you wanted to touch on was Darnell Mooney. Is he a wide receiver? One, even even with the Bears passing game being – as uh, inefficient as it is, is Mooney kind of a, a must start moving forward? Uh,
1: well, he's, I wouldn't say must start. Uh, he's certainly the wide receiver one for the, for the bears, but sometimes the, the real world uh, status doesn't translate to fancy. Uh, the, the reason I, I did want to mention him is that, we, you know, we try to look for, for signs of life. Uh, you know, he had a really tough start to the year. The bears uh, have been really run heavy, but they're starting to trust Justin Fields a little bit more. I think Justin uh, ended up with 18.8 fantasy points or something around 18, uh, given the 88 yards rushing and then the 27 pass attempts for 190 and a touchdown. Uh, he also had a pick. But uh, regarding Mooney, he's got last three weeks, he's, he doesn't have a touchdown, but he's got 94 yards, 52 yards, and 68 yards receiving. So if you just look at that three-game span, he's playing at a 1,200-yard pace, which is sort of what we were expecting from him heading into the season as the uh, number one guy. And you just weren't expecting the bears to be so run heavy early on. Uh, But, you know, 12 targets uh, yesterday, uh, seven catches, 68 yards. That's the type of usage that he's going to need. I mean, he had 140 plus targets uh, last year and, um, that's that's sort of why we liked him as a middle-round pick heading into the season. So it's starting to happen, and if he hit your waiver wire, which he might have after those first two games, uh, it would be a good idea to pick him up.
0: All right, John, let's get into this week's biggest fantasy storylines. And after he missed last week, I know Jonathan Taylor owner's a little bit worried that, uh, you know, what concerned, of course, with whether or not he's going to play this week. But it appears that Jonathan Taylor is trending up. What can you tell us?
1: Yeah, they seem to be heading towards a, a you know, heading towards a, a a start this week, but um you know, we're not I don't think we're out of the woods yet when it comes to Taylor. He is he's got like a some kind of high ankle sprain um but he's you know, they were talking about him possibly playing last week. He wasn't able to to get healthy enough to play and then uh that was I think that was the Thursday night game and then had you know, 10 days off here, not 10 days off, but a 10-day break between uh, week five and uh, week six uh, and it looks like he, he was limited uh, in practice yesterday and uh, is on track to play I think the question probably is who's going to be the RB2 there you know Naheem Hines coming off that concussion uh, I mentioned this uh, I think in my uh, AMA yesterday for our discord uh, for four subscribers that I'm wondering if these these players that have a concussion in week X are going to be able to get back for week X plus one yeah. uh, given that the nature of the NFL right now, what happened with Tua and, you know, our team's going to be cautious so they aren't looking like the next Miami Dolphins uh, mishandling a player that uh, has a concussion. And we saw it with uh, Isaiah McKenzie uh, wasn't able to get cleared through the uh, concussion protocol uh, for week five. He's back week six. So he had to take a you know a week, week off in terms of gameplay uh, but back this week, and I wonder if we see the same thing with Naeem Hines, is that something we should just sort of expect moving forward with these concussion players? But uh, Taylor probably the RB1, and then Hines, if he can make it back, the RB2, uh, and they've got that as uh, a Deion Jackson, uh, who played pretty well uh, in uh, last week against the uh, the Broncos, kind of surprisingly got thrust into a, a bigger role. He's actually a pretty good uh, size speed guy. So, yeah, Deion Jackson has the RB3 there.
0: All right, so James Conner likely to miss week six, John, perhaps some additional time. When it comes to, you know, J- James Conner managers, what, what's your best advice here? Because certainly frustrated, do you, do you hold on to him? Uh, the game scripts haven't been good for Arizona. You know, they're having, having to put the ball in the air a lot. Pre- he's, a, he's a good football player and probably a better uh, real-time football player than he is maybe for fantasy managers. But what's your advice when it comes to James Conner beyond this week?
1: Yeah, and this is unfortunate. This is a great matchup that he's going to miss against Seattle. They're, you know, a very green matchup uh, in our hotspots report. So that's why you know Benjamin is ranked fairly high as an RB two. Uh, probably Keontae Ingram is going to be the uh, second back in that in that offense this week. He was not active last week, but the, since the Cardinals lost both Connor and Darrell Williams, they've also added uh, a couple players. But I, I think Ingram probably gets that crack at the second. Number two job, I wouldn't expect you know Benjamin to see like twenty plus touches because it just doesn't seem to be in the nature right now of the Cardinals to give one player that many touches. So I think they probably will work in a second guy, uh, but he's probably he's probably good for fifteen to seventeen and a really nice matchup against uh, the Seahawks. So as far as uh, Connor uh, managers, I'm one of them. I'm you just hold. I mean he's he's been getting good touches when he's been out there, and you just hope that he can get over this rib injury pretty quickly. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that the, the report said perhaps additional time with the rib injury because it did sound like they were holding out hope that he might be able to play this week. And usually when that uh, sort of uh, language is used, uh, they're, they're back the following week and uh, rib injury tends to be a, a one to two week injury. So we'll see uh, if Connor's able to make it back.
0: So Dame, uh, Damian Harris looks like he is going to miss multiple weeks with an injury. Is it time to fire up Ramondre Stevenson as an, as an RB1? Yeah,
1: if you have him, you need to start him. I have him ranked fifth overall uh, running back this week, half PPR. Uh, and I would be a little bit cautious uh, in that last week, there was only two running backs uh, active. So when, once Damian Harris went out, it was – that's why that's number one reason why that Ramondre Stevenson played all those snaps and got all those touches. Uh, they're gonna likely have Pierre Strong uh, active this week so that uh, there'll be some sort of rotation. It's the Patriots, we've seen that before. Uh, but you know, I would expect Ramondre to be the lead back, perhaps the bell cow, You know, he might he might end up with 20 touches, uh, uh, and Strong working in for five to seven or something like that. And there might be another player in, in play as well. Uh, they might have three guys active this week, but um. Really talented player can catch the ball as well. So that's great. You get that dual threat ability. um, And, uh, you know, got to be feeling pretty good about the matchup against Cleveland there, you know, giving up 29.0 adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, running backs this year.
0: Yeah. And you got to think that Bill Belichick knows what he has to do. It's kind of like Brian Dable in New York. He knows that he's limited at quarterback. He's got to win games on the strength of his defense and Saquon Barkley and shorten up things and making sure that you're limiting possessions for. Uh, the the opponent making sure that you get to the fourth quarter either down a possession or up a possession and and Bel- Belichick is probably gonna think the same way. So you have to imagine that Stevenson's gonna see a lot of work, but uh, good point on the on the rotation because you're right they they tend to lean that way. All right, John, Raheem Mozart, the reports are he's he says he's fine. what do you do you like him this this week? I mean, Miami's kind of an interesting spot here offensively. You expect them to be down, but Minnesota defensively isn't isn't great. Miami is at home. Uh, what do you think about Mo- Raheem Mozart in week six?
1: Yeah, has a knee injury, but uh, looks like he's going to be able to play, uh, has been seeing lead back touches the last couple of weeks and has a pretty good matchup against Minnesota. They're sort of a neutral matchup uh, against running backs. Uh, he's, he's worked his way into the low-end RB2 rankings because of his uh, Number of carries he's seeing uh, for Miami. They're, they're you know, they, they're down two quarterbacks as well. So I'm interested to see what uh, Mike McDaniel dials up in terms of a run-pass uh, rate uh, with with that, you know, Skylar Thompson in at quarterback, and then Tyree kills is banged up, and uh, you know, Waddle a little bit banged up as well. So uh, pretty much everybody's banged up for the for the Dolphins right now. Uh, but it looks like he'll play. I think he's a sneaky start uh, in terms of you know where he's typically ranked has been in the mid to you know, mid-20s to the 30s, and now I think he's moving up those rankings a little bit and is a pretty solid start given the number of touches he's been seeing.
0: All right, I'll throw a bunch of players at you in our roundup here. Michael Thomas did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Just a reminder, we record this podcast on Friday. Sometimes we're given injury information right before the podcast, sometimes during, uh, but just keep that in mind that John's working primarily off of Wednesday and Thursday practice reports. So Michael Thomas did not practice. Rashad Bateman did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. T. Higgins, DNP on Wednesday and Thursday. Kyle Pitts, who did not play last week, limited. He is expected to play, though. I think that's a two-week absence now for Kyle Pitts. Keenan Allen upgraded to limited on Thursday. Tyler Lockett limited on Thursday, but he was a midweek downgrade. John, Don't like to see that. And Melvin Gordon limited on Thursday. He's got uh, apparently a new rib injury, and Denver doesn't play until Monday night. So just your overall thoughts on, on this roundup.
1: Yeah, typically, you know, if players is limited on Thursday, they are able to suit up. So a lot of these guys should be able to play. I, you know, I'm, I'm really watching Lockett uh, and to see if this was a just a little tweak and they're going to put him on the, you know, uh, injury report and he's fine to, to practice today. If he's not, if he doesn't practice today, then you're, you know that the injury is more significant and you need to make other plans because uh, it's, you know, unlikely to a 50-50 proposition that he's able to play. And I, the one guy, well, it was a couple guys I wanted to mention. Michael Thomas, him being out. Uh, Chris Olave's coming back from a concussion. Another question mark in terms of, you know, is he going to be able to get cleared for this week? Uh, we'll see. Uh, but if he's, if he's able to play, he's a nice start. Olave, with, with Thomas out, continues to, to produce when he's uh, active. Chris Olave, I think he's still leading the league, league in air yards. Bateman, I'm not expecting to play. But we'll see if he's able to do anything today. Devin Duvernay is a pretty solid start with Bateman out. T. Higgins, if he's he he was he was active last week, but didn't play hardly at all. If he's out, then I you know, you're looking at Hayden Hurst, you're looking at Tyler Boyd as good starts, and you're hoping that Pitts gets going. And then we'll see what Kean uh, Keenan Allen's able to do this week or or today on Friday, and if he's able to get back. I mean, it's obviously uh, good to see him at least out on the field, working on the side, being limited at least. But you know he's a player that you can typically plug in when he comes back. But it's you know he's getting up there a little bit in years, and you kind of want to see him uh, perform before you plug him in. Uh, you know, if he gets a full practice in today, then I would you know have confidence starting Keenan. Uh, if he's if he's limited and questionable, then you're just kind of looking at him as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type.
0: Regular listeners down to the podcast know that John and I in our, in our league that we were in together and have been for the last couple of years, we use sleeper and sleeper is one of the fastest growing, customizable fantasy f- uh, football platforms in the industry. If you want to use it, great head to sleeper.com, you can download the the app, uh, which John and I both have. We, we really enjoy sleeper. Uh, it's, it's sleek. It, you know, it's really user-friendly for somebody like me. John, John is proficient when it comes to, uh, all things computers, I am not. So, um, you know, to say that that John uses it and uses it with ease doesn't say as much. Me saying that I use it with ease, that, you know, that, that really I, goes. That is saying something. That says something, exactly. So uh, make sure you go to sleeper.com or, or download the latest app today. Sleeper, sneaky start of the week, John. Uh, and you're highlighting uh, a Bills wide receiver who's got deep threat ability.
1: Yeah, and I'd like to come back to these players that I have been – I touted in the preseason as really good picks, and we've had a few of them. Uh, like my mid to late round receivers are doing well. Tyler Lockett was one of the guys I listed in caps in my uh, strategy article. Isaiah McKenzie is another, and McK- things are really looking up for McKenzie with Jamison Crowder out. Uh, he's had a, a, already had a few good games um, uh, for the Bills, and you know he had to miss last week, so Sha- Khalil Shakir stepped in and had a good game. Uh, so, my only concern here is that they split the time in the slot with between McKenzie and Shakir, like they did with McKenzie and Crowder. So, that's my only concern is that McKenzie's snap count doesn't get up to, snap rate doesn't get up to 70, 80%. So, where he could really put up Cole Beasley type catch numbers. So he, you know, Beasley had 82 catches back to back seasons out of the slot. And I think McKenzie has that sort of upside, but he, he can't get there if he's not playing 75, 80% of the snaps. So we'll see how this thing shakes out moving forward. The Crowder injury really uh, boosts his outlook because it looks like he should be a full-time player. But if they do want to get Shakir in and uh, get him rolling, then we might see a a time split here. But this is a great uh, matchup in terms of the the high scoring nature of this game. The Chiefs should be able to keep up with the Bills. Uh, Even if they can't, I think the Bills keep the – you know, their foot on the gas because they're they know that uh Patrick Mahomes can, you know, come back at any moment. Uh so they're not gonna be taking it easy, uh, you know, in the middle of the third quarter if they're up twenty one points. So uh I, I'm looking this is gonna be a fun one and I think McKenzie should get in. He's got three touchdowns already on the year. Uh and uh he he should definitely get in on the action. I like him a lot this week.
0: Yeah. What evidence do you have that the Chiefs can come back on, you know, the Bills at any yeah. At any second or any 13 seconds. Yeah, it seems seconds.
1: like there was a, a game that, that happened in no at least one.
0: All right, let's, let's get into the other sneaky starts. This is just a, a tease. When you go to 444.com, you'll get John's entire article, his entire sleepy – sleepy. I, it was almost two episodes in a row I didn't do that. Uh, you'll get John's entire sneaky starts article, quarterback, multiple quarterbacks, multiple running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Again, this is just a couple that we wanted to highlight on the podcast – We'll start off with quarterback, and we'll start off with a guy that, uh, John. I know that this this hurts you, but he did pull off a pretty significant up- upset last week in London. It's Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, and that, it's one of the reasons I decided to, you know, rank him a little bit higher. It was my first extended look at him in a while, uh, and he looked really competent. Like given the given his receiving core issues, he played really well. Uh, he's moving fine on the ankle, so. You know his rushing yards is a is a big deal for him fantasy wise, uh, and the the Ravens are 27th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, the Ravens should be able to put up some points on the Giants, forcing the Giants to pass the ball a little bit more. Uh, it looks like maybe the the Giants' uh, receiving core might be getting a little bit healthier as well. Uh, but you know he's he's quietly the QB 14 on the year, and I think that's you know worth a look. He's averaged 46 yards rushing, 0.4 touchdowns as a runner. And, uh, you know, he started to, to jibe with uh, Darius Slayton on that, on that trip to London. So, um, you know, the, looking at the Ravens, they've given up an average of 305 yards and 1.8 touchdowns uh, to quarterbacks this year. So good matchup.
0: Let's hand out one running back. It's Kenneth Walker versus the Cardinals. And with the injury situation going on with Seattle, uh, Walker is going to be, I think, one of, and he probably has been, one of the biggest waiver wire pickups in the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, and he's probably on, you know, in in sharper leagues, he was already on rosters, uh, but maybe in shallow leagues, he was out there, the waiver wire, and people should, if they still have available, uh, have him available on the waiver wire, they should go out and pick him up because he's, you know, likely to see 15 plus uh, touches per week in a very surprisingly good offense. And, uh, you know, he rushed uh, rushed for 88 yards uh, last week, I think on eight carries, uh, had a touchdown. He's averaging 6.35 yards per carry. I think the one concern with him is that uh, he's probably not going to have a huge role in the passing game. Uh, DJ Dallas will be involved this week, and perhaps Travis Homer, who was the starting passing down back uh, earlier in the year, if he gets back from injury, uh, he may fill in. But you know, you're know, you looking at him as a two down back, uh, likely to score their touchdowns uh, and you know, show that he's a pretty effective runner. And this has been a pretty good, uh, pretty good offense. So I think he's a, a solid start this week.
0: All right. Taysom Hill went off last week. The Saints are going to keep him involved. Really, it doesn't really matter what position he plays. He's going to be involved. And he's going to be involved a lot, especially around the goal line. Uh, when it comes to this matchup against the Bengals, uh, you also like him because obviously he qualifies to, to be a tight end and the Bengals have struggled a bit against tight ends.
1: Yeah, we're looking at uh, a huge game, obviously. It's, it's a little bit point chasey. We don't know if he's going to have that sort of role uh, moving forward, but you know, it seems like the saints have found something and they do want to use him around the goal line. That's not, that's not hugely surprising at all. It was one of the concerns, uh, with Alvin Kamara coming in, you know, not, not only him, but also, uh, Mark Ingram kind of eating into his, his touches, but now it just seems like they're going to use Hill as the RB two. They're barely going to use, uh, Ingram at all. And they're going to, you know, lean on, uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, most of the game in most er- other areas of the field, but they're going to bring in Taysom Hill. And I, you know, he's not a tight end. Uh, <laughs> I, I tweeted uh, earlier this week. I don't know what he is, but he's not a tight end. He's a I think he's player. a running, I, I think he's basically a, a wildcat running yeah. back. I think he, he It would be best if he were uh, listed as a running back. Cause he has 21 rushes, one pass attempt and one reception. So that to me is a running back. Uh, but regardless, you know, he's going to have a low floor uh, on a weekly. You you might get some clunkers. You might get a, a three-carry, you know, 20-yard game or a three-carry, 15-yard game, and that's all he gets. Uh, but he seems, you know, better than 50-50 to score a touchdown. Uh, and you can't say that about a whole lot of uh, tight ends. And obviously he has 40-point upside. Uh, and I, I was wondering if they were going to start, you know – after they run them and run them and run them all of a sudden they hit him with a pass. Cause he can throw the ball. Uh, and they, and they did, uh, this last week. So, you know, with, with Winston out their quarterback situation, uh, Andy Dalton, uh, they're just trying to find ways to move the ball. And I think taste they found that Taysom Hill is one of the ways they could do it along with Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave right now with that receiving quarterback banged up. So I think at the tight end position, which is basically a wasteland after a few guys, um, He's a he's getting into tight end one territory, and that's where I have him. You know, low end tight end one territory in terms of, uh, you know where to, where you could rank him. Um, and if you start to see him get five, six, seven carries, uh, high value carries in the in near the goal line, uh, per game, then he's you know he's going to be in every week start at the tight end position because he's likely to score a touchdown.
0: All right, John, we'll wrap up the podcast today with a look at the breakout receiver model over the last couple of weeks. Not only has the data been collected, but I know that at least last week they started to um, kind of put things into context for for subscribers at four dot com. Here's what the numbers mean. And uh, it, it is it is a very helpful model, although, as you pointed out last week, and I thought I thought it was a great point the model doesn't know about injuries. The model doesn't factor in certain things not only an injury to the player, but also an injury to uh, maybe a quarterback or a position that could impact the numbers, but nonetheless, it, it's a, it's a very useful tool. Uh, so what do you, what's the breakout receiver model showing for this week? Who's popping?
1: Yeah, it, it, there's a couple of uh, Steeler receivers up top. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, George Pickens are number two and number four. Uh, in the model and jeff hicks is writing the article now for us giving us some fantasy context but the way i use it is uh i look at it and i basically you know it's an underachievement model right now these these players are getting usage especially the ones listed at the top and they're just not living up to it and if you if you look for players with a high high difference that's the the difference between their expected and their actual fantasy points these are the players that are most underperforming we have it sorted by expected points so that you know the big names are up top, so you can kind of see. But for example, you know Cortland Sutton expected twelve point eight. His his scoring over the last uh, three weeks is twelve point four, so he's not under underperforming by much. But when we tested this, we really didn't see a difference in the, the hit rate between somebody with a difference of between zero and negative one versus somebody with. A difference of negative five or less or more, I guess, but like negative five to negative eight, there's it doesn't make them any more likely to hit. It's just these players that are underperforming are are likely to hit, uh, getting likely to hit the end zone, have a pop game, maybe hit the end zone twice. So you know, Kenny Pickett's hard to trust, but these these Steeler receivers uh, are both expected to over the last three weeks to score over thirteen points, half PPR, and uh, Deontay's at seven point seven, Pickens is at ten. Jamar Chase continues to appear, and I'm just going to keep speaking this into existence because I've got him in our fantasy uh, or FFPC league, and we really need a big game out of him after starting uh, Curtis Samuel last night. Uh, a double kick in the nuts when you, you see Curtis Samuel's stat line, and then you find out that he dropped a 40-yard touchdown. That That's, that's tough. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamar Chase, I think we'll get, go- get it going, especially if you have T. Higgins you know hobbled um not 100 percent. you just have to think that he's going to get one of these 14 15 target games and really bust out he's a really good player uh, uh dj moore is kind of interesting this week too i know there's a lot of fantasy owners who are uh, fantasy managers who have him and don't know what to do with him if you're desperate and you're sick of starting him but you just don't have another good option on the waiver wire it might be worth a start this week he's you know, actually, shown a pretty nice rapport with P.J. Walker in 128 career pass attempts with Walker. Uh, Walker has targeted more 31 times, which is a pretty healthy 24% target share. That's basically what he's seen so far this year. Uh, and then has an impressive 8.74 yards per attempt when targeting more, which is a lot better than what Mayfield has delivered uh, thus far this season. So, if if Walker is under center, which we're expecting. Uh, more, it might be a boost for more, even though we know that P.J. Walker is not a terribly good uh, quarterback thus far in his career, but uh, at least can target uh, more fairly well. And uh, Evan Ingram kind of you know popping up here uh, in the in the model. He's the number four uh, tight end um, after uh, Kyle Pitts, number one. Uh, didn't want to mention him, but I guess we need to. Uh, Zach Ertz, number two in the in the model. Gerald Everett, number three, and then Evan Ingram, number four. Uh, he's scoring 4.5 fantasy points on nine expected which is pretty healthy uh, expected uh, fantasy points for a tight end so he's the other other guy I wanted to mention
0: all right there you go that's the breakout receiver model which again you can find at 444.com along with all of John's rankings we have betting content DFS content uh, season-long content guys that you might be wanting to target in trades I mean Everything is available at 444.com for subscribers. So hopefully, if you haven't yet, uh, hopefully you have an opportunity to subscribe at 444.com. Again, John can be followed right there, right at his Twitter page, at 444 underscore John. I'm at Anthony Stalter. We do appreciate everybody tuned in to the Most Accurate Podcast. We record on Friday, so we'll be back on Friday. Uh, Everybody, good luck this weekend, and we'll we'll see you next week.